0: This is Out of Office for September 2016, meeting in person. Welcome to the Out of Office podcast, where you'll learn how to work from virtually anywhere by using the internet for greater convenience, comfort and freedom. Your hosts are Chris Pudney and Gihon Pereira. Hello, Chris, how are you? Um, well, thanks, Kihan. How are you? Really well, really well. I've been doing a bit of travelling. I was in Port Douglas last week for the first time ever, and that was a nice place to go. Yes, I saw that. It looked good. Yeah, it's really nice. It's really nice. And, of course, it's school holidays here as well. So, what do you have planned for school holidays? Well, um, the Royal Show has started, so I might find myself there with Lauren and Cherie. Okay, Good. Good. And uh, I've got, um, my like Nikki's daughter, Abby, is doing year 12 exams, which the mock exams start next week. So that's actually the big one. So even though the the official ones are a month away, um, Abby reckons that she's got to study everything that she needs to know for the mock exams anyway. So this this week or so, next week, I'll be helping her out with her math study. And right. perhaps we were doing some chemical equations yesterday, which I hadn't done for a long time. <laughs> Right, it is mockery
1: to make them do their exams during
0: school holidays. Exactly, exactly. But she's she's pretty much finished all the you know in class learning stuff now. So from now, it's a countdown to mid November when she has her last exam, and then goes off with Nikki to Bali for four days to celebrate. Oh, great, something to look forward to. <laughs> yes.
1: So today, Gihan, we're talking about meeting in person, and this podcast is about working out of office and how to make that work well, and that generally involves people working remotely in isolation, but there are times when it is beneficial for you to meet in person with the rest of your team, and sometimes we call these meetings meeting belly-to-belly or even in protein form. I like that one. But uh, we do avoid trying to use the term face-to-face because these days with online virtual collaboration tools, you can actually see the faces of the people that you're communicating and collaborating with and they can see your face too. So face-to-face isn't necessarily a good way of describing in-person meetings these days. So what we'll focus on today is how you can deliberately plan for in-person meetings and when you have those meetings, how to get the most out of them.
0: Yeah, and and it seems like a fairly simple thing to do. Like he just says, okay, well, you got your team who are distributed, why don't we just get them all together? But there are some things to consider, so, you know, for example, where does this happen? Are you going to have it in the office? Are you going to have it somewhere off-site? Um, are you just going to have your team members involved? Or are you going to involve other people as well? Is it for everybody in the team? Or it's only certain members of the team who get together? Um, and also just keep in mind that uh, some people, especially out-of-office workers, may not like to get together a lot. So some of them... Um, are quite happy they 're introverts they 're quite happy to engage for professional reasons, but they 're doing it online and they um, they don 't necessarily like all the networking and bonding sort of things that happen with off site events for example, so just keep in mind that different people are different um, and also think about whether you 're doing it as a networking event so for the purpose of getting people together to connect or are you doing it because you've got some professional um, outcome behind it or is there some mix of them Um, and then there's of of course the logistics of it so how easy is it to set up how um, what are the challenges of getting people there Um, who pays for it Are the people themselves have to um, are are they paying for it or are you paying for it so um, as a leader or a manager when you're thinking about getting people together in person when you have got a distributed team there are a number of factors to consider so we're going to we're going to talk through four scenarios um, which are pretty typical and there's going to be some variations of them that might work for you but let's look at four scenarios starting from the simplest and then we'll get to more complex ones
1: cool all right so starting with the simplest the perhaps the simplest and easiest thing that you can do is to call all of your virtual team members into the office so One of the advantages of this is that, as I said, it's relatively simple. Everyone just comes into the office. Compared with all the other options we're going to discuss, it's probably the lowest cost. All you've got to do is cover the cost of travel and some accommodation for the people who are travelling into the office. It also represents the least amount of disruption to your in-office team. They just have to turn up as work, turn up at work as usual on each workday. And it also might be a fairly normal way of working for some of your out-of-office team members. So there might be out-of-office workers who are used to coming into the office, and we refer to these people as semi-commuters. They spend some of their time working in the office and some of their time working out of office. Yeah, and you talk
0: about that whole travel and accommodation thing, Chris, and, and that is for people who um, aren't physically in the same city, and, and I know you do this regularly um, with your job, don't you?
1: That's right. So um, the, my, office, my head office, so to speak, is located in the UK, and maybe every year or a couple of years, I'll spend a week or two working on site. So... Um, costs are covered for me by the organisation. They take care of accommodation whilst I'm there as well, and even even a hire car. So um, those are the sorts of things that you need to consider when you're calling your remote workers into the office. You've got to cover those
0: costs and make sure they're planned for ahead of time. Yeah, and I think things like that—they—they they usually work quite well because everyone knows that the famous Dr. Chris Budney is coming <laughs> to the office for this couple of weeks, and it is kind mm-hmm. of a special. <laughs> and it is kind of a special event because you're there for a couple of weeks. They know that you're there for that time. They know you've come. From halfway around the world, so they want to make the most of their time with you. I think that that can work really well. The things that don't work so well, or you've got to be careful about, is when there are people who are just, you know, they work from home, but they're in the same same city, the same town. So you just they come in one day a week or two days a week or on on an ad hoc basis, and. They're trying to fit in and other people are trying to make them fit in. But it's sometimes it's so easy to do um, and it's, there's very little friction. You don't have to get accommodation. You don't have to get a hire car for them. Um, they just take the train into work like everybody else. Um, and you just got to be careful because sometimes it's so easy that it might not achieve anything useful um, Because it just seems like a normal work day to everybody else. And for the out of office workers, they actually resent it because they're out of their normal workflow. So they don't necessarily have a a desk set aside for them. Uh, They're interrupted by people all day long, which doesn't happen when they're working from home. Um, They've got less flexibility. So they can't go off and have a long lunch or have a break at morning tea when they want to. They've got to fit in with everybody else. Um, and, and they just, you know, they have lots of things to whinge about. They, they commute and they have to put up with the commute which everyone else does every day but they have to do it now which they normally don't they they can't necessarily go off and get good coffee they might have to get coffee from the little coffee machine in the in the canteen and they've spent all their time in meetings in fact that's one of the biggest challenges because those days when you have your out-of-office workers in the office that might be the time when you set up meetings with them because you go oh yeah Chris is around today so let's have a meeting and then somebody else says oh Chris is around so let's have another meeting and the day gets filled up with meetings which is Sometimes okay, but meetings can be quite draining, and sometimes they can be very unproductive as well.
1: Yeah, and that's that's exactly what happens to me on those times when I do visit site. Um, that it's pretty much a packed program of back to back meetings, mm-hmm. and I get that. It's 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 the time when we can get together and do some planning and some strategizing. So it is, it, it's effective and important, but it can be draining as well. And you, you've got to bear in mind that you said out of office workers might resent it. And that's because you're asking them to do the exact opposite of what they have set up their work style to avoid. So to commute, to attend lots of meetings, to get interrupted constantly. So yeah, you really have to prepare them Um, You really have to prepare things so that the friction uh, on your out-of-office workers is is minimised. So before they get to site, make sure that you've got a desk set up for them, that you've got a workstation that's ready to roll. There's nothing worse than turning up and they go, oh, where where are you going to sit and um, which workstation are you going to use so you can sign in? Or they might bring their own devices. They might be used to using certain equipment and tablets and, and phones and those sorts of things. So if they're going to bring their own devices... Make sure that um, they're going to work. Make sure you know that ahead of time. And as you said, it's it's possible that you might not achieve anything useful. So ensure that you've got um, a focus and a purpose to these uh, when you're calling your out-of-office workers into the office. So uh, something like if you're a software development company, you might have a hackathon. You get all of your team working together alongside each other on a specific project and get that done in rapid fire. If you're not a software company, you can do something equivalent, which is um, maybe develop a new product or service, have some ideation sessions where you come up with something new and innovative. But the overall idea is have a real clear purpose and goal in mind and don't make it all about work have some time where you can allow for human connection so set aside some time where the team goes out to lunch and gets to relax and spend time with each other in a social atmosphere or have drinks after work on a friday
0: night how, how does it work for you chris when you've gone to the uk for a couple of weeks um what sort of social things do they organize around your trip well, it's in
1: the UK, so we obviously go out to a curry house mm-hmm. um, and, I'm, and I sort of instigate some of these things. I say, look, um, my colleague Jim and I are coming over. We want to have a famous British curry. Um, can someone identify a really good curry house in the, um, the the locale for the particular site? And then the team gets together and goes out to, and has has a curry. So, uh, and we know, like, members of our team who are real aficionados when it comes to carry, so they know the best places to go. So that's the kind of thing that we do.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting, like you said, that you initiate that, and I think if you're a team leader or a project manager, then you can take on that responsibility, so you're not leaving it to somebody who's going to be proactive and do it, you do it, you take on that responsibility. Yep. Okay, so that, the first one is, that the, the first scenario is where, um, it's kind of like an unequal power base, I'm using the word power, and... You know, a little bit selectively, but um where there's most of the people are in the office, and you have these outsiders who are part of the team, but they 're not really um, they 're not really familiar with the office environment they don 't work there all the time. The other scenarios we 're going to talk about are where you go off site so everybody goes off site um, but we 're going to talk about them in different ways and the first of these is where you attend um, a conference or you attend a trade show. So this is an external industry conference or event uh, where you, which you attend because that's part of what you do as part of your professional development but it also gives team members the chance to, to interact, to network, to connect with each other in person or in protein form as you described it. And there's lots of advantages to that because uh, for, ex- for the first thing is that it doesn't take much to organise. All the logistics are done for you because it's organised by somebody else. Um, all you've got to do is pay the registration and t- up and the registration um, is, is relatively low cost compared to like running your own conference. Um, so it's pretty easy to say okay well we're all going to attend this conference um, let's make it work and make it not just for the learning at the conference but let's combine um, that learning and development, the networking with people outside the organisation, and um, being there as a representative for your organisation, let's combine all of that with the opportunity for us all to get together and chat as well, especially our of office workers who you may not see at other times.
1: Yeah. That's great. And some of the downsides, Gihan, are things like it's very easy to get caught up in the actual event at the conference itself and forget about those opportunities to get your team together in person and get them to connect and to bond. Um, And that can be particularly the case if you're um, involved in presenting at the conference or maybe you're part of the organising committee, then you really get focused on the the event itself rather than the opportunities to get your team together in person. I know in the past when I've been presenting at a conference, I'm really focused on pre- preparing for mm-hmm. my presentation, and nothing else really gets a look in until that, that has passed, and if it's on the last day, then, then unfortunately the opportunities to do other things um, are, are missed. And with conferences and trade shows, the program is always packed. So there are multiple streams. There's always uh, a a presentation you can attend or a tutorial or a workshop. There's always something of interest and value going on. And that, again, that leaves less time for your team to get together and and to, to bond in person. And then outside of the program, the conference program itself, a lot of people like to treat it as a bit of a junket or a reward. And so they will go and do a bit of sightseeing or they'll go and do some shopping. Again, that's something that I used to do at conferences. Outside the conference program, I'd go and do some sightseeing. I'd, I'd look around or go to the shop. So that leaves even less time for your team to get together and, um, and, and to bond and
0: to connect yeah and all the things that you talked about are good things to do so you attend the events you attend the tutorials you you attend forums and panel discussions with people outside your organization you go sightseeing and shopping those are all good things to do just be careful that by allowing all of those things, you may take a focus off and one of your goals, which is to get together as a team and to bond. So, to make sure that you get that goal as well, if that is one of your goals, then just put a bit more planning in. So, planning before and during the event. So, beforehand, decide how you're going to make the most of the event. And um, it may be that people… Um, you say, okay, we're going to arrive a day early or we're going to stay a day late and have a team session or we're going to have um, one of the breakfasts at the conference. I know one client who does this um, so they get their team. Instead of attending with everybody else, they'll have a private breakfast just for their team. So they'll go off to a cafe, a restaurant, they'll pay for it themselves but it gives the, ch- uh, the team the chance to get together and, and connect. So it's already there um, and that's providing the time for it. You can also provide the space for it so you can... Uh, book a suite so that you can get your team together in the suite away from interruptions because um, if you're sitting in the foyer or you're sitting at the at the conference reception then you're likely to get interrupted by other people whereas you can you have some sort of private venue that you can make available for your team it doesn't have to be a suite you there may be meeting rooms at the hotel which you can hire out at an hourly rate and that's just a way that you can closet your team away for a little bit so that um so they can get together um separate from all the other conference activities and especially important for your out of office team members because uh, they may not be as familiar with the rest of the team. So you want to get them Um, involved and introduced and connected with the rest of the team as soon as possible. Um, And especially if you can get them before the the official conference activities start, um, if you can get them to connect with the other team members, then that's great because once the conference activities start, it's pretty much um, all systems go for the rest of the conference. Indeed. Yeah. And I, I guess the only other thing that I'd suggest is that when you're doing your planning, you might even think about connecting people beforehand so even though we're not talking today specifically about connecting online we're talking about meeting in person you can do some online connections to prepare for the in-person meeting so you might have an online meeting where you go okay folks let's get together and talk about how we're going to make the most of this conference and people can be interacting through chat and and other other ways which they're already using in their workplace just make it with setting up the agenda for making the most of the conference event
1: excellent so something like a conference or trade show, Kihan, is an off-site event where your team get together, but there are people from other organizations and other walks of life there as well. A different kind of get-together that's off-site is something like a retreat or a getaway or a summit where it's just members of your team or, or maybe you organization who go away together and they get to connect and network and strategize those sorts of things. You might also throw in some training as well but the main um, the main activities are active group work where people are getting together focused on a particular item or thing rather than a, an educational um, training session where they sit and listen So one of the great things about these retreats and getaways is that people are in a different headspace from their normal day-to-day activities. They've gone away out of office with a particular purpose in mind and it's generally not the sort of thing that they're doing on a daily basis. So typically the focus is big picture thinking, coming up with strategies and plans for your team and your organisation rather than the getting work done on a day-to-day basis. And these sorts of occasions are great events and venues for Teams connecting. So they're usually at locations where there are rooms and grounds where people can have a bit of uh, time to connect one-on-one, in a, a more social environment rather than a professional environment.
0: Yeah, the, the thing with these strategic offsites is that they have a pretty bad reputation um, because <laughs> men, most of them or many of them aren't done very well. And There's a perception that people go off site for three days, they, they talk about big picture stuff, they come back and nothing changes. And yeah, look, that's, that can be true. But if you're doing it for, um, with with a, one of your big goals being for people to connect and meet in person, you get to meet your out of office team members who you don't often get to meet before. That's an offsite is a perfect environment for that. It doesn't mean that that's the only goal, and maybe still an offsite is an expensive way of achieving that goal. But it can be really effective for that. In fact, if you're thinking about all the scenarios we're talking about, Chris, this one's probably the best for achieving that goal of meeting in person with your out of office team members. Um, so that's great if that's one of your main goals. Um, however, it can be expensive because this means that you've you have to organize the the resort that you go to. You generally pay for everyone to get get there. You pay for all the expenses, and um, and maybe as a result of that, it's so expensive that not everybody gets invited. Which means that um, you lose some of the benefit of trying to connect with people because your out of office team members don't get to meet everybody, and that was that kind of defeats the purpose. And um, also keep in mind, as you mentioned earlier, Chris, some of the out of office people are the introverts, don't necessarily like all of this getting together and bonding and networking and being together all the time. Um, So you just got to figure out ways around that. And uh, it may be something that everyone else thinks this is a fantastic idea. We get out of the office for three days, whereas for the out-of-office workers, they they hate the idea. So just keep in mind that not everyone's going to be really excited by it. Um, And as I said earlier, people do get excited at the, the the actions that they that they um, strategize at the uh, at the offsite, but when they get back to the office, sometimes work gets in the way, life gets in the way, and some of those objectives don't don't actually get implemented. So just keep in mind that offsites are great, uh, especially for the connecting and networking, but they do have their downsides as well. Sure, sure.
1: So some of the things that you can do to improve the situation is decide whether you want to make this a sort of special event, a one-off, which increases its profile and gets people more excited about what they're going to be embarking upon. Or it could be something that's regular. It could be something like the annual group conference. So people get to um, schedule that, plan and work towards it, and follow through when they get home as well. Either option's fine it 's just a matter of deciding which approach you're going to take and choose your time frame carefully it's going to be influenced by things like the budget and size of your team. typically to a couple of days is is more common, but if your budget doesn't extend to that, then even a half day, um, a half day getaway can still be achieved and, and be valuable. As with conferences, avoid the temptation to have a completely packed agenda that doesn't allow for the opportunity for your team to get together and to um, and to bond, and also gives some space to uh, your introverted team members so that they can go back to their room and just mm-hmm. and just take a few deep breaths <laughs> and steel themselves for the next session um, and some and some unstructured time again where people can just. Uh, mingle and get together and get to know one another on a more social level rather than a professional level. And if necessary, to to get the most out of these occasions, engage with a good facilitator, even a professional who can lead the discussions and also make sure that anything that you, any goals that you develop during the sessions are documented and that a plan is developed that can be followed through on when you actually go back to your regular
0: day-to-day job. Yep, Great. Okay. And the last one is kind of an extension of that, the retreat or that getaway, that offsite. This is another offsite, but this is where it's a bit more structured, where you actually. Put on a conference for your organisation or your team. So you host a conference, which is similar to um, getting people away off-site. It's only for your organisation, so it's not an external conference. But there's more learning and development opportunities. So this is sort of these are sort of events at which I quite often get invited to speak. I get booked to speak at these events where um, they'll have some external speakers uh, who come in. So. I spoke at a property group recently, Chris, where they had a, a one-day offsite for uh, one of their divisions, and they had me as a guest speaker to open the conference. And then the rest of the day was set aside for mostly discussions, panel um, panel discussions, workshops, little groups. They had people coming in from over east talking about how, but um, people within the organisation talking about how they make work uh, make things work over there the sharing ideas that's great it's a, it's a more diverse program than just having um, most of the time for facilitated discussions um, and it gives you the chance to do some learning and development at the same time um, and especially for out of office workers that's quite good because they might be doing a lot of online learning or they might be doing learning by themselves in wherever they're located but they don't often get together with the rest of the team to do learning together so they don't often get together and do a workshop together or they don't have discussions together and that can be really useful for for them and for the rest of the team as well. Yeah,
1: and I remember back in my academic days, Gihan, we used to have a symposium, mm. um, an annual symposium, mm. and we'd all get together and people would talk about their research. Um, but look, sometimes the research was completely opaque to me. It was in an area I wasn't interested in and it... it you just have to be prepared for the idea that some of the presentations are going to be boring, hey, except for the just, except for the key except for the <laughs> keynote speaker, of course. Yeah, on. just as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, he must be good. We paid a lot of money for him. <laughs> um, and as we've said a couple of times already, the the problem is that you can pack the program. There can always be something that. Um, that people can go go to and listen to, uh, but that leaves little time for your team to get together in person to connect and network. And that means that sometimes people are going to sneak out of these boring sessions uh, and, and get together with um, their teammates, but that's bad on a couple of levels because they're going to feel bad about sneaking out and it also can leave the training rooms looking a bit empty and sparse. So even if you do set aside time for networking, realise that it's just going to be more social than professional and that's not necessarily a bad thing. You do want your team to to engage with each other on that level as well, but it's just something to be aware of.
0: Yeah, and look, I think the solutions to these are pretty, pretty obvious, and uh, you've just got more control with this than, than an industry conference, because you set mm-hmm. the agenda, so you decide um, how the session's going to run, so don't pack the agenda. That's an obvious thing to do, make sure that there's enough time for um, unstructured um, activities as well as the structured activities and also make sure there's space for that as well so if you're having it at a hotel just make sure there's this space where there's spare meeting rooms that are available for people to chat um there are you know an open foyer where people can sit and chat maybe they can walk outside maybe there's some good cafes nearby and you um t- you may all maybe all you need to do is just provide that environment, or maybe even just have arrangements with those cafes where people show their their delegate badge and their then it goes on your tab so stuff like that which allows people to get together and connect and especially out of office workers who don't get that opportunity very often um, providing that environment can be really valuable even if it costs a little bit of money and even if it means you don't pack the agenda with a whole bunch of training sessions um, because not everyone's going to get value from every training session anyway Um, and the same point that I made earlier um, help people connect beforehand so you could have again online meetings beforehand online forums just for people to Um, for two reasons one to get them prepared for the event but second for them to decide who they're going to connect with and when they're going to connect with them at the event itself
1: excellent excellent so look we've covered uh, several options Gihan and the point that I'd like to make is that For out-of-office workers in particular, these occasional opportunities to get together in person with the rest of your team are really valuable. Um, And from a team leader point of view, it's really important because it builds team cohesion and camaraderie and these kinds of get-togethers can be productive and educational. But the opportunities don't come along that often, maybe once a year if you're lucky. So when you do create these events. When you do have the events, it's really important to get the most out of them. So we've suggested four different ways of doing that um, and also how you can get the most out of those events when you do have them. So go for it.
0: Yeah, great. And uh, if you want to know more, then you can get the notes from this podcast episode and subscribe to other episodes and and listen to all the past episodes at outofofficebook.com.
1: Excellent, Gihan, and we'll be back in a month's time with another episode of this podcast. So until then, bye for now. Bye for now.
0: Visit our website at outofofficebook.com, where you can read all our show notes, subscribe to the podcast, and get our book, Out of Office. We wish you all the best in creating the work style of your choice.